Chapter Nine of Mrs. Bindle by Herbert Jenkins. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Nine. Mr. Hearty encounters a bull. One. He's sure to lose his way across the fields," cried Mrs. Bindle angrily. Hearty's too careful to lose anything," said Bindle, as from a small tin box he crammed tobacco into his pipe. "He's used to the narrow way, he is," he added. "You ought to have gone to meet him." "My legs is feelin' a bit tired," began Bindle, who enjoyed his brother-in-law's society only when there were others to enjoy it with him. "Bother your legs," she snapped supposing you add various veins in your legs don't be nasty well what jer want to talk about my legs for if i mustn't talk about yours he grumbled you've got a lewd mind bindle she retorted and you know it well anyhow i ain't got lewd legs she drew in her lips but said nothing i don't know what arty wants to come down to a funny little o like this for grumbled bindle as they walked across the meadow adjoining the camping ground making for a spot that would give them a view of the field path leading to the station it's because he wants to buy some fruit i thought there was something at the back of the old bird's mind he remarked arty ain't one to spend railway fares jest for the love o' seein you and me mrs b it's apples he's after regular old adam he is you only got to watch him with them gals in the choir if you talk like that i shall leave you she cried angrily and it's strawberries apples aren't in yet she added as if that were a circumstance in mr hearty's favour mr hearty had proved himself to be a man of action mrs bindle's glowing account of vast stores of strawberries to be had almost for the asking had torn from him a telegram announcing that he would be at the summer camp for tired workers soon after two o'clock that monday afternoon mrs bindle was almost genial at the prospect of seeing her brother-in-law and earning his thanks for assistance rendered conditions at the camp remained unchanged after the service on the previous day the bishop had once more disappeared ostensibly in pursuit of the errant field kitchen and marquee promising to return early the following afternoon arrived at the gate on the further side of the field bindle paused then as mrs bindle refused his suggestion that he should oist her up he himself climbed on to the top rail and sat contentedly smoking i don't seem to see arty a-walkin across a field he remarked meditatively it don't seem natural you can't see anything but what's in your own wicked mind she retorted acidly well well he said philosophically perhaps you're right i suppose we shall see them merry whiskers of is a-comin round the corner him a-leadin a lamb with a pink ribbon i can see arty with a little lamb and a sprig o' mint for the sauce for nearly a quarter of an hour bindle smoked in silence whilst mrs bindle stood with eyes fixed upon a stile on the opposite side of the field over which mr hearty was due to come what was that involuntarily she clutched bindle's knee as a tremendous roar broke the stillness of the summer afternoon that's old farmer timkins bull explained bindle rare old sport he is tossed a cove last week and made a rare mess of him it oughtn't to be allowed what dangerous animals like that 
was the retort well personally myself i likes a cut of veal bindle remarked watching mrs bindle covertly but her thoughts were intent on mr hearty and the allusion passed unnoticed it'd be a bad thing for old Artie if that bull was to get him by the back of the trousers mused bindle Hello, there he is he indicated with the stem of his pipe a point in the hedge on the right of the field over which was thrust a great dun-coloured head again the terrifying roar split the air instinctively mrs bindle recoiled and gripped the parrot-headed umbrella she was carrying it's trying to get through i'm not going to wait here she announced with decision it may don't you worry mrs b he reassured her he ain't one of the jumpin sort besides there's an edge between im and us not to speak of this ere gate mrs bindle retired a yard or two her eyes still on the dun-coloured head so absorbed were she and bindle in watching the bull that neither of them saw mr hearty climbing the opposite stile as he stood on the topmost step silhouetted against the blue sky the tails of his frock coat flapping bindle caught sight of him ullo ere's ol arty he cried waving his hand mr hearty descended gingerly to terra firma then seeing mrs bindle he raised his semi-clerical felt hat in such matters mr hearty was extremely punctilious at that moment the bull appeared to catch sight of the figure with the flapping coat-tails it made a tremendous onslaught upon the hedge and there was a sound of crackling branches but the hedge held call out to him bindle shout warn him do you hear cried mrs bindle excitedly e's all right said bindle complacently that there bull ain't a-goin to get through an edge like that mr hearty there's a bull run mrs bindle's thin voice entirely failed to carry to where mr hearty was walking with dignity and unconcern regardless of the danger which mrs bindle foresaw threatened him the bull made another attack upon the hedge mr hearty's flapping coat-tails seemed to goad it to madness there was a further crackling and the massive shoulders of the animal now became visible but still it was unable to break through call out to him bindle he'll be killed and it'll be your fault she cried hysterically pale and trembling with anxiety look out arty yelled bindle there's a bloomin bull and he pointed in the direction of the hedge but the bull had disappeared mr hearty looked towards the point indicated but seeing nothing continued his dignified way convinced that bindle was once more indulging in what mr hearty had been known to describe as his untimely jests he was within fifty yards of the gate where the bindles awaited him when there was a terrific crash followed by a mighty roar the bull was through it had retreated apparently in order to charge the hedge and break through it by virtue of its mighty bulk bindle yelled mrs bindle screamed and mr hearty gave one wild look over his shoulder and with terror in his eyes and his semi-clerical hat streaming behind attached only by a hat-guard he ran as he had never run before bindle clambered down from the gate so as to leave the way clear and mrs bindle thrust her umbrella into bindle's hands she had always been told that no bull would charge an open umbrella come on arty yelled bindle run like hell in his excitement he squatted down on his haunches for all the world like a man encouraging a whippet mr hearty ran and the bull head down and with a snorting noise that struck terror into the heart of the fugitive ran also run mr hearty run screamed mrs bindle again the bull was running diagonally in the direction of mr hearty's fleeing figure 
in this it was at a disadvantage get ready to help him over cried mrs bindle terror clutching at her heart looks to me as if arty and the bull and the old bloomin caboodle come over together muttered bindle oh a new possibility seemed to strike mrs bindle and with a terrified look at the approaching bull which at that moment gave utterance to a super roar she turned and fled for the gate on the opposite side of the field for a second bindle tore his gaze from the drama before him he caught sight of several inches of white leg above a pair of elastic-sided boots out of which dangled black and orange tabs help joseph help mr hearty screamed in his terror and a second later he crashed against the gate on which bindle had climbed ready to haul him over seizing his brother-in-law by the collar and a mercifully slack pair of trousers he gave him a mighty heave a moment later the two fell to the ground but on the right side of the gate as they did so the bull crashed his head against it the whole structure shivered for a moment bindle gave himself up for lost but fortunately the posts held the enraged animal could do nothing more than thrust its muzzle between the bars of the gate and snort its fury the foaming mouth and evil-looking bloodshot eyes caused bindle to scramble hastily to his feet oh god i'm a miserable sinner wailed mr hearty but spare me that i may repent then he fell to moaning whilst bindle caught a vision of mrs bindle disappearing over the further gate with a startling exposure of white stocking well i'm blowed he muttered ain't it funny how religion gets into the legs when there's a bull about bit of a slump in arps if you was to ask me for some seconds he stood gazing on the grovelling form of mr hearty an anxious eye on the bull which with angry snorts was battering the gate in a manner that caused him some concern look here hearty you'd better nip orf he said at length bringing his boot gently into contact with a prominent portion of the greengrocer's prostrate form mr hearty merely groaned and muttered appeals to the almighty to save him it ain't no use a-kickin' up all that row bindle continued this ere bit o beef seems to have taken a fancy to you arty and that there gate ain't none too strong neither ere steady kaiser he admonished as the bull made a vicious dash with its head against the gate mr hearty sat up and gave a wild look about him at the sight of the bloodshot eyes of the enraged animal he scrambled to his feet now you make a bolt for that there stile said bindle jerking his thumb in the direction where mrs bindle had just disappeared and you'll find mrs b somewhere on the other side with another apprehensive glance at the bull mr hearty turned and made towards the stile his pace was strangely suggestive of a man cheating in a walking race the sight of his quarry escaping seemed still further to enrage the bull with a terrifying roar it dashed furiously at the gate the sound of the roar lent wings to the feet of the flying mr hearty throwing aside all pretence he made precipitately towards the stile beyond which lay safety for a few seconds bindle stood watching the flying figure of his brother-in-law then he turned off to the right along the hedge dividing the meadow from the field occupied by the bull well ere's victory or westminster abbey he muttered as he crept through a hole in the hawthorn hoping that the bull would not observe him his object was to warn the farmer of the animal's escape half an hour later he climbed the stile over which mrs bindle had disappeared but there was no sign either of her or of mr hearty it was not until he reached the summer camp that he found them seated outside the bindle's tent 
mr hearty looking pasty of feature was endeavouring to convey to his blanched lips a cup of tea that mrs bindle had just handed to him but the trembling of his hand caused it to slop over the side of the cup onto his trousers hello here we are again cried bindle cheerily i wondered you aren't ashamed of yourself cried mrs bindle bindle stared at her with a puzzled expression he looked at mr hearty then back at mrs bindle leaving mr hearty and me like that we might have been killed her voice shook that would have been a short cut to arps and wings i'm ashamed of you that i am she continued while mr hearty turned upon his brother-in-law a pair of mildly reproachful eyes well i'm blowed muttered bindle as he walked away if them two ain't it me a leavin them if that ain't a juicy bit mr hearty was only halfway through his second cup of tea when the bishop of fulham followed by several of the summer campers appeared and walked briskly towards them where's that husband of yours mrs bindle he inquired as if he suspected bindle of hiding from him i'm sure i don't know sir she cried rising whilst mr hearty in following suit stepped upon the tails of his coat and slopped the rest of the tea over his trousers ah said the bishop i must find him he's a fine fellow crossing the field behind that bull to warn mr timkins if the beast had happened to get into the camp it would have been the very very disastrous he corrected himself and with a nod he passed on followed by the other campers that's just like bindle she complained not saying a word and making me ridiculous before the bishop he's always treating me like that and there was a whimper in her voice it's it's very unfortunate said mr hearty nervously thank you mr hearty she said it's little enough sympathy i get two it was not until nearly four o'clock that bindle reappeared with the intimation that he was ready to conduct mr hearty to call upon farmer timkins with regard to the strawberries the purchase of which had been the object of mr hearty's visit won't you come too elizabeth inquired mr hearty turning to mrs bindle thank you mr hearty i should like to she replied tightening her bonnet strings as if in anticipation of further violent movement mr hearty gave the invitation more as a precaution against bindle's high spirits than from a desire for his sister-in-law's company ere not that way cried bindle as they were making for the gate leading to the road mr hearty looked hesitatingly at mrs bindle who however settled the question by marching resolutely towards the gate but it'll take a quarter of an hour that way bindle protested if you think i'm going to cross any more fields with wild bulls bindle you're mistaken she announced with decision you've nearly killed mr hearty once to-day let that be enough with a feeling of thankfulness mr hearty followed but that little bit of beef is tied up with a ring through his bloomin nose i been and had a look at him ring or no she snapped i'll have you know that i'm not going across any more fields it's a mercy we're either of us alive bindle knew that he was not the other one referred to and he reluctantly followed grumbling about long distances and various veins although upon the high road both mrs bindle and mr hearty were what bindle regarded as a bit jumpy from time to time they looked about them with obvious apprehension as if anticipating that from every point of the compass a bull was preparing to charge down upon them they paused at the main entrance to the farm allowing bindle to lead the way halfway towards the house their nostrils were assailed by a devastating smell mr hearty held his breath whilst mrs bindle produced a handkerchief wiped her lips and then held it to her nose 
she had always been given to understand that the only antidote for a bad smell was to spit but she was too refined to act up to the dictum without the aid of her handkerchief pigs remarked bindle raising his head and sniffing with the air of a connoisseur extremely unsanitary murmured mr hearty you did say the er bull was tied up joseph he inquired well he was when i see him said bindle but of course it wouldn't take long for him to undo himself mr hearty glanced about him anxiously in front of the house the party paused nowhere was anyone to be seen an old cart with its shafts pointing heavenward stood on the borders of a duck pond green with slime the place was muddy and unclean and mrs bindle with a look of disgust drew up her skirts almost to the tops of her elastic sided boots bindle looked about him with interest a hen appeared around the corner of the house gazed at the newcomers for a few seconds her head on one side and then disappeared from whence she had come ducks stood on their heads in the water or quacked comfortably as they swam about apparently either oblivious or indifferent to the fact that there were callers from somewhere in the distance could be heard the sound of a horse stamping in its stall at the end of five minutes an old man appeared carrying a pail at the sight of strangers he stopped dead his slobbering lips gaping in surprise can i see mr timkins inquired mr hearty in refined but woolly tones farmer be over there with bessie i tell un she'll foal for night but he will have it she won't he'll see he will he added with the air of a fatalist mr hearty turned aside and became interested in the ducks whilst mrs bindle flushed a deep vermilion bindle said nothing but watched with enjoyment the confusion of the others the man stared at them puzzled to account for their conduct where did you say mr timkins was to be found inquired mr hearty oh just tell he in the stable with bessie he says she won't fall but i know she will why she mr hearty did not wait for further information but turned and made for what from the motion of the man's head he took to be the stable the others followed no not there yelled the man as if he were addressing someone in the next field turn round to left o that there muck-heap a convulsive shudder passed over mr hardy's frame he was appalled at the coarseness engendered by an agricultural existence he hurried on so that he should not have to meet mrs bindle's eye at that moment farmer timkins was seen approaching he was a short red-faced man in a bob-tailed coat with large flapped pockets riding breeches and gaiters in his hand he carried a crop which at the sight of mrs bindle he raised to his hat in salutation mornin good afternoon said mr hearty genteelly the farmer fixed his eyes upon mr hearty's emaciated sallowness with all the superiority of one who knows that he is a fine figure of a man it was you that upset oscar wasn't it there was more accusation than welcome in his tone upset oscar inquired mr hearty nervously looking from the farmer to mrs bindle then back again to the farmer yes my bull explained mr timkins it was oscar what nearly upset poor old arty grinned bindle a savage beast like that ought to be shot cried mrs bindle gazing squarely at the farmer it nearly killed ought to be shot repeated the farmer a dull flush rising to his face shoot oscar are oh, you mad ma'am he demanded making an obvious effort to restrain his anger don't 
don't you dare to insult me she cried you set that savage brute on to mr hearty and it nearly killed him i shall report you to the bishop and and to the police she added as an afterthought you ought to be prosecuted mrs bindle's lips had disappeared into a grey line her face was very white particularly at the corners of her mouth for nearly two hours she had restrained herself now that she was face to face with the owner of the bull that had nearly plunged her into mourning her anger burst forth the farmer looked from one to the other in bewilderment report me to the police he repeated dully what yes and i will too cried mrs bindle interpreting the farmer's strangeness of manner as indicative of fear mad bulls are always shot the farmer focused his gaze upon mrs bindle as if she belonged to a new species his anger had vanished he was overcome by surprise that anyone should be so ignorant of bulls in their ways as to believe oscar mad why ma'am oscar's no more mad than you or me he's just a bit fresh most times he's as gentle as a lamb don't talk to me about lambs cried mrs bindle now thoroughly roused with my own eyes i saw it chasing mr hearty across the field it's a wonder he wasn't killed i shall insist upon the animal being destroyed the farmer turned to bindle as if for an explanation of such strange views upon bulls in general and oscar in particular oscar's all right lizzie said bindle pacifically he only wanted to play tag with arty you be quiet cried mrs bindle she felt that she already had the enemy well beaten and in terror of prosecution i suppose she continued turning once more to mr timkins you want to hide the fact that you're keeping a mad bull until you can turn it into beef and send it to market but turn oscar into beef roared the farmer why god ding my boots ma'am you're crazy i wouldn't sell oscar for a thousand pounds i thought so said mrs bindle looking across at mr hearty who was feeling intensely uncomfortable and people are to be chased about the country and murdered just because you won't but dang it ma'am there isn't a bull like oscar for twenty miles round last year i had let me see how many calves don't be disgusting she cried whilst mr hearty turned his head aside and coughed modestly into his right hand mr timpkins gazed from one to the other in sheer amazement whilst bindle who had so manoeuvred as to place himself behind mrs bindle caught the farmer's eye and tapped his forehead significantly the simple action seemed to have a magical effect upon mr timkins his anger disappeared and his customary bluff geniality returned he acknowledged bindle's signal with a wink then he turned to mrs bindle you see ma'am this is all my land and i let the bishop have his camp that doesn't excuse you for keeping a mad bull was the uncompromising retort the life of her hero had been endangered and mrs bindle was not to be placated by words but oscar ain't mad protested the farmer taking off his hat and mopping his forehead with a large coloured handkerchief he had drawn from his tail-pocket i tell you he's no more mad than what i am and i tell you he is she retorted with all the assurance of one thoroughly versed in the way of bulls you see it's like this here mum he said soothingly intent upon placating one who was not quite all there as he would have expressed it it's all through the wind gettin round the southwest if it hadn't been for that don't talk to me about such rubbish she interrupted scornfully i wonder you don't say it's because there's a new moon i'm not a fool although i haven't lived all my life on a farm the farmer looked about him helplessly then he made another effort 
you see ma'am when the wind's in the southwest oscar gets a whiff of them cows in the home how dare you the colour of mrs bindle's cheeks transcended anything that bindle had ever seen how dare you speak to me how coarse you you disgusting beast at the sight of mrs bindle's blazing eyes and heaving chest the farmer involuntarily retreated a step several times he blinked his eyes in rapid succession mr hardy turned and concentrated his gaze upon what the old man had described as that there muck-heap bindle cried mrs bindle will you stand by and let that man insult me he's a coarse low her voice shook with suppressed passion mr hearty drew out his handkerchief and coughed into it for several seconds mrs bindle stood glaring at the farmer then with a sudden movement she turned and walked away with short jerky steps of indignation mr hearty continued to gaze at the muck-heap whilst the farmer watched the retreating form of mrs bindle as if she had been a double-headed calf or a three-legged duck when she had disappeared from sight round the corner of the house he once more mopped his forehead with the coloured handkerchief then thrusting it into his pocket he resumed his hat with the air of a man who has escaped from some deadly peril it's all that there jim he muttered i told him to look out for the wind and move them cows but will he not if he knows it dang him don't you take it to art said bindle cheerily it ain't no good to start back chat with my missus but she said oscar ought to be shot grumbled the farmer shout oscar he muttered to himself you say it's like this ere religion's a funny thing when it gets old of you it either makes you mild like arty ere or it makes you as hot as onions like my missus she don't mean no arm but when you gone ed first over a stile and you're sort of shy about your legs it don't make you feel you wants to give your sugar ticket to the bull what did it the the strawberries joseph mr hearty broke in upon the conversation addressing bindle rather than the farmer of whom he stood in some awe ah oh, dang it of course them strawberries cried the farmer who had been advised by patrol leader smithers that a potential customer should call come along this way and he led the way to a large barn still mumbling under his breath this way he cried again as he entered and pointed to where stood a row upon row of baskets full of strawberries heavily scenting the air hearty walked across the barn picked up a specimen of the fruit and bit it what price are you asking for them he inquired fourpence was the retort i'm afraid said mr hearty with all the instincts of the chafferer that i could not pay more than then go to hell roared the farmer you get off my farm or i'll let oscar loose he added with inspiration for the last quarter of an hour he had restrained himself with difficulty but mr hearty's bargaining instinct had been the spark that had ignited the volcano of his wrath mr hearty started back violently against a large stone and sat down with a suddenness that caused his teeth to rattle off you go yelled the farmer purple with rage air jim he shouted but mr hearty waited for nothing more picking himself up he fled blindly he knew not whither it sufficed him that it should be away from that muscular arm which was gripping a formidable-looking crop bindle turned to follow feeling that his own popularity had been submerged in the negative qualities of his wife and brother-in-law but the farmer put out a restraining hand not you he said you come up to the house i can give you a mug of ale the like of which you haven't tasted for years i'm all upset i am he added as if to excuse his outburst 
i'm not forgetting that it was you that came and told me about oscar he might have done a middlin bit of damage then suddenly recollecting the cause of all the trouble he added dang that old jim it was them cows what did it shoot oscar end of chapter nine read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com